friend. We have a Sharon back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were just doing our very best of like, you know, Marlon Brando, Stella thing, but Sharon! No. Yeah. <laughs> Sharon! I was sat there watching my phone and I said, going back in, I thought, right, I'll go in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that is reveling in the third week of cinema, even though there is nothing to see. It is, it's a really, really weird week. My name is Tosin. I'm your host, um, based up in Coventry in the Midlands. And joining me as always on the Isle of Wight are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hiya. Yeah. Now, we are coming to you in the week in which the film world received some sad, sad news. And that was with the sad news, I think, on yeah. Bank Holiday Monday. I think I was, uh, was it, was it the Tuesday that I woke up? No, it was it was on the weekend. It was on Saturday, Saturday that yeah. I woke up and my, uh, my my I was actually woken up by my wife and she was like, "Toast, Dustin, Chadwick Boseman's dead." And I was like, "What?" And it was like, you know, when you woke up, when you wake up and you're like, "What the heck?" Yeah. And it's and it's like Chadwick Boseman's dead, and the, those words didn't really sort of link together. And then she said he died from first of all my with everything that's been going on in the world, my thoughts immediately went to, "Oh my God, please don't tell me that a policeman shot him." That was the first thing my mind went to. Oh and, goodness! Yeah, and then and then she was like, "No, colon cancer," and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh." Because... I mean, that's incredible. That's inc- that's incredible because he had it during the film in a Black Panther, apparently, didn't he? And there's no way you would have known. No way. Well, I, I think he got he got diagnosed do because they said that he got diagnosed four years ago, and I've been doing some count back, and I figured that that must have been during the filming of Bank- Black Panther. Because Black Panther was released in, so let's see, let's do a count back. Black Panther was released in the same year as Infinity War, which was 2018. Which was 2018. So I think it was like, yeah, it would have been early on in the filming yeah. of Black Panther that he was diagnosed. And then he went, he went through it did in uh, like Infinity War, Endgame, and everybody's talking about the fact that he filmed four films while while this was going on. And so he was, he, he did 21 Bridges, he did The Five Bloods, and apparently he still has one final film that's yet to come out that he did. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and, the, but the thing is, I remember, so Sean, I know you and I saw 21 Bridges. And mm. I remember watching 21 Bridges and thinking, oh my God, he's, he's lost weight. And I, I remember watching yeah, 20, yeah. yeah. There's a scene. At, there's a scene right at the end of Twenty One Bridges. I mean, it's not much of a spoiler because it's a typical sort of like policeman thriller, like good cop against the world, um, where he's is the final face off between him and um, what's his name, uh, J.K. No, not J.K. Rowling, J.K. Simmons. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yes, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, yeah um, between him and J.K. Simmons in the house, and there's a bit where his his clothes actually look baggy on him. And I remember looking at that and thinking he actually looked skinny, not like muscular skinny, but he looked skinny. And I remember thinking, yeah. I, I was like, well, ooh, I hope that's intentional. I hope maybe it's for a role or something. Because each time I saw him, he'd seem to be mm. losing weight. And then when uh, when my wife woke me up and said he died from colon cancer, I was like, uh, oh, okay. And now, now that makes sense that the films he made, he just he seemed to be getting progressively thinner. Which, yeah. And it's and it's one of these new it's one of these pieces of news that I know a lot of people because of his role as Black Panther he meant a lot to a lot of people and I was never somebody who let me put it this way I was never somebody who said ah 
Chadwick Boseman, T'Challa, my king. I was never somebody who said that. <laughs> no, I was. Wakanda forever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was never somebody that you would walk around, that you would see walking around doing a Wakanda forever salute. Even though after that film came out, I did have black people who would come up to me and do the Wakanda forever salute. And I'll be like, uh, you know, we actually have actual African salutes from actual African countries. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, because I and I said it before, I know that I think Black Panther speaks a lot more to the Black American experience than it does to an African experience. So yeah. it's it was a film that was made a lot more for that. And so even so, with that, it 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 wasn't it wasn't like oh my god, the world has fallen down when I heard that. But as time has gone on, from from hearing the news, each time I think about it, it just gets sadder and sadder in my mind that he's mm. gone, and it's. Yeah, it's it's just it's just really really sad that I mean, sure enough, we've lost a lot of people in the last couple of months, and it's not as if it's worth more than any. But this is somebody who you know, I knew had some sort of connection with, or I knew of rather, and it's just kind of like sadder and sadder the more you think about it that he's gone. But hey, anyway, it's a real shame. A yeah, real shame. Forty-three. Someone's got a lot more to offer, haven't they? It's yeah. sort of no way. You don't think of that as being middle-aged. I mean. Because I think we're all in that bracket. We go, we're not middle-aged. <laughs> we probably are. But it just doesn't feel like... It, it feels like he had a lot more to give. That's yes. Just, it's all the same, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think it, it's... it's What it hits me is when I think about the fact, I'm like, oh, wow, that means I'm not going to get to see him in any other films. I'm not going to get him get to see any more of his work. And that, for some reason, is just making... Especially if I, he's only three years older than I am or uh, when he died. And it's, it's just kind of like a, oh, wow. So, oh, oh, wow, oh, okay, wow, that 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 is a bit weird. <laughs> it's it's a it's a bit weird to. So, um, Chadwick Boseman, you will be missed, and um, yeah, uh, uh, to be honest with you, I'm just really glad that he got to get known by a lot of people for his work before yeah, it happened. I think uh, so. I, yeah, because I I mean I originally saw him on an episode of Fringe, the TV show Fringe. And uh, he played like kind of like you know, person with weird powers of the week, and that was the first time I saw him. And the, then I know he did the Jackie Robertson thing in Forty Two. He played James Brown in Get On Up, which is probably the the role that I'll be like, yeah, yeah, this this guy's good, <laughs> as as J- when he played James Brown uh, before he landed Black Panther. I'm just happy that people got to see him uh, on a wider scale uh, before he died. There's actually a very good little tiny, tiny little film that they did for all the nominees the year that he did James Brown. And they were called Six Kisses. And it, they had the male lead, the male actor, who and all the nominated characters do these small little films. And he did one with Kristen Stewart um, that was excellent. Now, those All of those six films were, were really perfectly constructed, tiny little films in about five minutes. Mm. And he's in one with Kristen Stewart. And it's... That's the first time I'd actually noticed. I thought I don't know who Chadwick Boseman is, but he he caught my attention in that that short that five minutes. He was attention grabbing. But I would say yeah, check those out on YouTube. They were well, they were always were available on YouTube. But they're called Six Kisses, and they're just these perfect little vignettes. And yeah, he's in in one of the better ones. Pen, pen, pen. Six kisses. Yay! That's what I'm going to do in my chill out time this evening find some more Chadwick Boseman stuff that I haven't seen yet. So, so um, now, uh, and having started on that downer, 
Now, let's go on to talking about some films, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> let's go to talking about some films. Now, we were talking about cinema. We were talking about cinema just before uh, Sean and I, were t- just before we started, we pressed record on this. And um, we're talking about the fact that there doesn't seem to be much out in cinema. After cinema came back with a bang and had all these different things in there and Lord of the Rings marathons and all that, it seems that we are back to some sort of normal service where um, that, what would, that would happen whenever a big film was released. Like whenever Marvel released a movie, the week after that, you would find that there was nothing in the cinemas just because people would be like, oh my God, Marvel, yeah. let's, just, let's just stay away for a minute. Let's just give them them space, <laughs> give them the space to dominate. And uh, we'll, come back, we'll come back after they've after they finished sort of like, you know, stomping all over the town like Godzilla in Tokyo. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, it seems that something similar is happening because Tenet was released last week and this week it's like a wilderness in the cinema. There's only one thing that has that has popped its head up to actually uh, to get into the cinemas, and that is the New Mutants. But the New Mutants, I mean, it's we might as well do this because this is a film that was originally made. I think it was originally filmed in 2017, was supposed to be released in 2018, and has just been delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. Now, Sean and I have seen this film. It is it, now bearing in mind that this is a, a film that is kind of linked to the X Men universe, and the last entry into the X Men universe was, and let's see, the last entry into the X Men universe was um, X Men Dark Phoenix, which Sean, Sean and I loved. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <laughs> we, we absolutely loved that film. <laughs> oh, we, oh, yeah. <laughs> We did, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we couldn't have been better. <laughs> it does not bode well for the new mutants. So, Sean, if you're if you're okay with it, I'm gonna I'll, I'll just take the lead on this and explain a little bit more about what the for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go ahead. You explain explain okay. stuff, and then I'll give you my thoughts. Okay, I like so, that. That's how I like it. <laughs> Sean is like everybody else. Do the you do the exposition? I'll just come in with the sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the Sean method. That's the Sean Harris method. So okay, so the New Mutants. This is a film that kicks off, and it kicks off on a Native American reservation. There's a girl in bed who gets woken up by her dad and says, "Come on, we've got to go. We got to go." And there's some sort of uh, there's some sort of um, what's the word? Sort of commotion going on outside. It looks like there's a blizzard or something else going on like that. And then she running away. She gets knocked out. She wakes up and she wakes up in some sort of hospital and she's told that everybody in reservation is dead. Something killed them all, but you're the only one who survived. Why do you think you survived? That she doesn't know. As it transpires, it turns out that this hospital is kind of, it's a place where mutants are kept. So in this hospital, there's only five teenage mutants and each one of them is there because they've had some power. And when the power manifested, people died. And when people, so they come to this place and their whole idea is that they looked after a doctor played by Alice Braga who says, we're going to look after you. We're going to try and help you. And the way you can control it, you are allowed to go back into the main world. There's a force field around the whole place. It means they can't go anywhere. And you start finding out from these different people, they, they, it's essentially kind of like the breakfast club. You know how you have the breakfast club and you have the breakfast club locked up in a, in a place and then they get to find out about each other and know about each other and get to respect the struggles that each one of them have been through. That kind of, that has a, that's, the, that's one vein that goes through this film. Now, this film, as I said, has been delayed for absolute ages because it was at Fox. Then they wanted to do some reshoots to sort of fix some stuff to it. And then they wanted, then Fox got taken over by Disney. And then they delayed it and delayed it because of the reshoots. Then when Disney took over, they didn't know what they were going to do with it. And then Disney said, no, we're going to definitely release it. Then COVID happened. So it got delayed again. (laughs) So essentially, 
by the time this film was going to be released, the director said we can't actually do any reshoots because all the cast looks significantly older than they did than they were when they filmed it because it's been delayed so long. But they so but they eventually decided we're going to release the film originally as it was done. And with all that tinkering that has been done to the film, I'm surprised that you actually have a coherent film that came out of the end of it because of all the industry messing around that come up with the film so that's i'm gonna say that that's it that's the basic thing about it you have mutants they're in a hospital they find out about each other's all breakfast clubby with a little bit of a tinge of horror thrown in sean what did you think okay um yeah what did i think well it's like me I'm, i must be a creature of habit because i thought it was a film of two halves uh-huh. i was quite intrigued and i thought i wonder where this is this is going this looks quite interesting um and then I, I don't know. It just got a little bit too. I mean, why why wouldn't they do something earlier than what they did? You know what I mean? There's obviously something that's not quite right. But mm-hmm. I think this is a this is a film that is definitely targeted at young adults, isn't it? Definitely oh yeah, definitely targeted at young adults, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, you can tell the audience this is going for. It's going for the, uh, uh, I would say the you know the Twilight audience sort of thing, isn't it? Yep, with the, yep. I would with agree some, with that. Some of the romances and some of the you know, suggested things that might go on and all that sort of sort of stuff. So yeah, definitely, definitely for for young adults. Um, and uh, yeah, it had moments. I wouldn't say it was. I wouldn't say I disliked it. But then again, I wouldn't say it was. It was great. You know, I did. I did like some elements of it. I wish wish they'd have. Uh, I don't know. It just as I say, it started off really good, and then when all those. You know, you know, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know, I know I mean, what you're talking about. You know the bits I mean. It's like I know, you know what you're talking like, about. Yeah. What? What? Why? Why? Why did they suddenly? You know, all of those things. Why? Why did that happen? You know, and it's just like, hmm. I started to to sort of think. Oh, I don't know about this too much now. But yeah, I mean, I started off thinking, okay, okay, and then about halfway through, I started to become a little bit skeptical, if you will. Well, and I, and I, I totally understand what you're talking about because I think at this film they try to do something a bit different from what you usually see in your superhero movie. So with it being aimed a bit more at the sort of Twilight audience, it means that they took the chance to be a little bit edgier, to be a little bit like there's things that you would that in this film that you necessarily wouldn't necessarily see in an X Men movie. And there's this whole idea of you have the you had these four mutants who were in the hospital, and then when they bring th- another one in, weird stuff starts to happen. Like people's worst fears seem to start becoming coming to life, and then that's when it becomes a little bit horrorish. And like you see, like you know, the things that they're the most scared of, the things that the the things that they're most ashamed of start coming up. And there's you can see that there's a, there's an attempt to put some subtext in there, and that could actually do some sort of psychological horror, which. And I agree with you at the beginning, it's quite effective. I, I mean, I think yeah. the, the first, first and foremost, if you're talking about bad films in the X-Men universe, this is no way the worst film in the X-Men universe. That film is X-Men Apocalypse, which is a piece of absolute... <laughs> we don't that film is i can't believe how bad that film is i mean x-men i, I would say this is even better than x-men dark phoenix because x-men dark phoenix was just a bit meh yes i would agree yeah the, this at least i, I agree oh. at the beginning it intrigues you it's like where are they going with this what are they going to do with this this is building up quite nicely they give you like a backstory to all the different characters the performances are good you believe them they're not just kind of because sometimes when you do a tween movie you can have some really really annoying 
tween performances or really really annoying characters but i think these all felt like they're like especially the character played by charlie heaton the guy who sounds like he's from kentucky or something and like like you actually really feel his pain you feel like his that that this pain and his shame of what meant that he ended up in this hospital and what, what his powers mean you really really did feel that the brazilian guy not so much um the yeah i think Maisie williams is the best i've seen Maisie williams been I mean, uh, it's it's, it's yeah. she she she's a good actress. I've seen she, her in a few. She is. I've seen her in yeah. a few things. She's quite good. You know, she's an actress. Yeah. What's oh, she? Actor, sorry. sorry. What's she? What's she? <laughs> I see her outside of Game of Thrones. And I actually realized, oh my god, she can actually she actually has something about her. And it's yeah, she's she's actually quite good in it. And but I feel like the film has interesting things at the beginning, which is why I think the director was really really into. And you can almost see the bit where the industry where the um the studio started meddling because towards the end it kind of goes generic action superhero movie yeah and yeah. and it's yeah. it's kind of and even though it's quite cool because i quite like what ends up being the bad guy of the film i quite like the idea of it but the way in which it's done and it just goes into a bit where it's like oh and here is the cgi like there's the there is a so there's there's attempts to link this to the wider X-Men movies that there's a bit where they have a, a scene from Logan like they have a scene from Logan sh- shoved in there and I think when, if this one was released originally when it was supposed to be released it would have linked better with the other X-Men movies but um yeah yeah uh, but and the, if you I'm not sure whether you ever saw um the original screenplay for Logan because the director James Mangold who also wrote it he released uh the first page of the C- of the of the screenplay before while well, he was filming Logan and then it said this is not going to be your average Hollywood movie uh, Hollywood superhero movie this is not going to end in some giant CGI block destroying Ephathon <laughs> and he and that was part of his thing was like we're not going to have like CGI at the end and everybody jumping out and just blowing things up and this film kind of ends up doing a little bit of that at the end and it's kind of like okay we've seen it before it's it's refreshing that it's not about the end of the world, but it's about these characters. Like as I said, that sort of Breakfast Club thing, where the entire world is is in this hospital, and that's all you're looking at. In this the, hospital, the, yeah. yeah. And all you're looking at is this world, and it's just about them trying to survive. I, yeah, yeah. And and I yeah. I think I think, I think it, yeah, Karen. Yeah, I was just saying. I think it was that to me, if they were going to do things they would have done them you know they were a bit too i don't know sedate yes. should we say to yeah, start yeah, with yeah a bit too you know okay okay but accepting whereas you know and then they yeah. wow well, yeah 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 yeah, so. I, I, yeah i agree it's kind of like i i understand with you it's like where the where the film ends up going it felt like that's always where it was going to end up why did it have to yeah. take this thing to make that happen so all in all i Quite, I agree with you. I quite enjoyed the first half. I thought the second half kind of like it went down a bit. I'm so glad it doesn't try and do any sequel baiting. Like they don't try and go, "Ooh, yeah, guess yeah. what's going to happen in the next one?" And I quite <laughs> like the way I quite like the way it ends. I quite like the way it ends. And all, I know some people have been absolutely lambasting this film. I don't think it's as bad as people have been yelling about. I think I would give it a three out of five. And. I, I have to totally, totally agree with you, Toes, and I will give this a three out of five. As I say, I like some elements, and yeah, I, I, I like the ending. I thought that was, you know, it was quite a, quite an interesting, you know, the sort of part in shots. But yeah, so I, I'm going to agree with you. This is, hey, we agree, man. We agree, we agree. We agree. agree. Yes, we agree. We, we, should, we should have a fanfare. <laughs> <We should. laughs> 
<laughs> we have agreement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, cool. And now we are going to go. So for anybody who's listening to this, I'm wondering what uh, these guys just started prattling about film. What usually happens on Netflix or cinema? I probably should have done this at the beginning. We will watch a couple of things in cinema, watch a couple of things at home on Netflix and other streaming platforms, rate them all out of five, get an average and say who has won this week, where has the money been better spent, Netflix or cinema? So that is a three for the new mutants. First up with cinema, firing off his first salvo. And now we are going to go to Netflix and Friends. And this is something that Sharon saw called Only. Yes, it's called Only. It's a 2000... Let me just get the date right because... It's a new release on Netflix, but I believe it was a 2019 film. Uh, yes, it, 2019 film. So it's a new release on Netflix. And basically, I didn't really know what it was about until I just clicked on the icon. Because uh, we in Netflix versus Cinemaland get that growing sense of panic by sort of Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> if we haven't seen anything. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> I... <laughs> What are you talking about? I've got to watch something film. But actually, I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> that um, it was actually did hold my attention. But the basic premise is set contemporarily, um, there's a comet passes over the world. Yep. And it releases this some sort of, it looks like a weird sort of grey snow starts falling in different parts of the world. Yep. And they notice that pretty soon on, women start getting sick. And it's a virus that makes men ill and they become carriers, but it makes women sick and they, because of the chromosomes, and the women are beginning to die off. Mm. And then the story is focusing on one couple who basically... The film starts, you see them at day 400, and they're in this sterile apartment where there's cellophane and plastic everywhere. They've got like a decompression area where they, to stop them, to shelter them from the outside world, where they're trying to basically protect themselves from this, this virus that has gone mad in the world. And so you, it starts in reverse order. So you see it on day 400. And then as the film progresses, it works back in the timeline. So you see how they've got to where they are now, oh, yeah. where it all started, and what the decisions they've made. And they make a choice. On day 400, they, they make a decision about what they're going to do next. And I don't want to give you any more information because that's what the whole film revolves around <laughs> yeah but it's so it's quite timely and in the fact that you know there's this this virus that has a potentially devastating impact on the world's population and the virus in the film it's devastating because it basically wipes out nearly all the women on the planet oh and occasionally you get like news flashes where it says you know all oh, the there's a reward for any live women that are found so that they can oh. go into the brood they talk about not a breeding program but they talk about harvesting eggs and things because they're saying you know that if we <laughs> want the world to survive we then need to start looking at repopulation yeah and at yeah. the moment there are no girls left in the world and okay. what do women they've got there's a few there and so they have there's rewards for the identification and the not the detainment they're saying they sort of take them into like protect they protect them from the world okay but they talk 
but it sort of has this slightly creepy edge. So basically any woman out there has got potentially a, a price on her head because she's valuable more than just her own, like she couldn't have like a million children, but they yeah. could harvest her, so, her fertility. So, so, so thematic elements and similar with uh, The Handmaid's Tale and stuff like that. Yes, yes, because that is a world that the Handmaid's Tale grew out of a world where fertility is has been declining steadily, and yeah. this is their way of solving that problem. Whereas in this world, the yeah, the, the, it's it's becoming desperate. That if mm. the human race is survived, then they have to find a way of of perpetuating the human race, and the women are diminishing at a rapid, rapid rate. Okay, so uh, what so do you it's think... basically it's a yes. I thought it's. It was remarkably well done. It's very low-key. It's obviously it's not a flashy, nothing flashy about it. It's all the the colouring is sort of muted. The themes are quite muted. It's like a winter. When they you, you do get glimpses out the outside world. And it's like forever autumn, which yeah. is obviously um, symbolic of the state of the world itself. It's in the autumn of its existence. If, you know, if there's no women, then the world will enter into a... A winter of yeah. nothing, nothing growing. So it's a, it's a, it sort of has an autumnal feel about it. But it's mainly the two main actors in it who basically carry the whole film. Frida Pinto stars as the the woman. Her name is Ava. Yep. A little nod to that to being like the <laughs> the first woman and possibly is she the last woman? Yeah. And her mm-hmm. partner who tries to keep her safe is played by Leslie Adam Jr. Also known as Burr, Burr from Hamilton. Oh, is he right? Yeah, he play. He plays. He he's the guy who originated the role of Aaron Burr Burr in Hamilton on stage. That's that's what he's famous for. Okay, so that's why he's made a crossover into cinema then. Yeah. Ways. Uh, So yeah, he plays Will. So the the majority of the film it is just the two of them, and you go on this this sort of journey, you know, through the film with them. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was well done. It's not flashy by any means. It's sort of like a slow burn. So I think you need to give it sort of a bit of attention if you want to, you know, get all the nuances. And every now and then it flashes up the day, so you have to be quick to see what day it is, so you know that this is in the future or is in the past or what stage oh, of yeah, the, gotcha. this pandemic is going on. So you need to keep your wits about you when you're watching it. But I thought it was, it was good. So it was worth a Wednesday afternoon of my time. So I would give that a three star. Ooh, three star. It's a solid, a solid film. Nothing flashy, but it was, it was solid. So right, yeah, so, I'd give it a three. So far, we're having a perfectly acceptable week. So, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. Okay, based on the 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 storyline you said about the film or the plot of the film, it sounds like it's a little bit like why there's a there's a graphic novel I love called Why the Last Man, but it sounds like it's in reverse. Where yeah. uh, on a certain day at a certain time, for some reason nobody knows why, all the men drop dead in the world. Apart, oh, wow. apart from the, so it's, it's not even all the men; it's all the creatures in the world with a Y chromosome drop dead, and it's so all the male humans, all the male animals, they all drop dead, and the only two left alive are one, a man called Yorick, and his pet monkey Ampersand. And it's all about what does that do to the world and all that kind of stuff. If you if you guys can find it to read, I know they're making it into a TV series now, but if you can find the original graphic novel, yeah. go go find it. And um, talking about things, I think Sharon, you just said something about things that like you know, um, 
where you're trying to figure out exactly where you are. You have to you have to keep your wits about you to figure out where you are in the yeah. story. We go on to Tenet, the film. The film that I have spent a week running through my head. People keep asking me, so what was it like? And I keep coming, trying to come up with different ways of describing this film. <laughs> I keep trying to come up with different And Sean, uh, I apparently, I piqued your interest enough for you to actually go into a cinema, sit down and watch Tenet. So we spoke a little bit about what plot there is of Tenet. What did you think? Okay, well, I, I, I agreed from you, uh, from your review last week, um, it certainly needs another look, doesn't it? It certainly needs a love look. I mean, it's a, it, it needs it's multiple pretty, viewings. <laughs> yeah, it needs, it definitely, definitely needs more viewings. I mean, it's quite intriguing, but there's so much going on all the time. And I think that, you, you know, as you get towards the climate with all the all the lines of people, you know, all the lines, and you think, yeah. oh, wow, wow, which, which one's that? Which one's that? Oh my goodness, me, what's that going? Where's that going? Where's, oh, what's that over there? All that, oh, and then there. so it's all very much, um, it's all very much. Right, let's see. So does that, that one go that timeline or that timeline or over here or over here? Which way yep. what they're doing? Yeah, it was a very, very, I mean, I, I don't know. It's a difficult thing to say, isn't it, Toes? I mean, we're it like... It is. It really, really is. It, it really is a difficult, <laughs> difficult to review because, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was, it was certainly watchable and it was certainly, but it was just, there was so, so much going on. So yeah. much going on. It'd just yeah. be great to watch it a couple of times and think okay i'm going to concentrate on that bit because it was wasn't it It was mayhem it was like whoa it, it which, was. <laughs> you know that final bit backwards forwards backwards forwards which which, which one's doing uh, yeah so it's all over the shop but, i mean uh, you know, yeah it's yeah it, it is there's bits of tenets where they're only word for it is absolute mayhem you're just kind of, kind of like you're like, what, what's going on? What am I watching? What's <laughs> it's like and you just kind of you just it, it, and it was so much so that I was thinking that this week I was like, should I go back and watch it again? And I was like, no, no, I need to do a lot of thinking first before I watch it again because I need to figure out, like you said, I need to figure out, okay, which bit of this am I going to watch? Which bit of this am I going to try and figure out if yeah. that bit makes sense? So I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this. I'm going to see if that bit makes sense. And once I've got my head around that bit, I'm going to add that bit to it and see if that bit makes sense. And then it's, it's just, it's like, oh, so super fan Nina was asking me, I was like, oh, should I watch Tenet? And I was like, oh, yeah, but take a notepad with you and maybe a, maybe a whiteboard. <laughs> maybe, maybe a whiteboard yeah. so you can figure yeah, out, yeah, yeah. So, you, so you can draw diagrams as the film is going on to figure out what's going on. And uh, because I think ideally this is a film that you need to watch with, you need a, as I said, you need a version you can pause, you need a whiteboard, you need a notebook, and you need subtitles. <laughs> in some bits I'm not sure whether you followed as well Sean because there's some bits where I was like what did he just say I don't know I missed what he said but I feel that if I don't get what he just said, what he said yeah, if I don't get what he just said I'm not going to understand the next 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> I didn't act, yeah I was just like um, you know I, I, I probably did miss some some things like that but I mean there was so much because there was so much going on wasn't there and it, yeah. but I mean it was good it was really well shot yeah. and as I say the bit and I've just got, and I can close my eyes, and I can still see the two lines, the two lines, you know, the the soldiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sort of big. Where they were like, yeah, it's like the the, the big climatic, what, what, the big what, what, climatic Bond yeah. lair bad guy yeah. battle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow. Okay, where do I put my eyes? Where, where should I look up in that corner? Should I look at it? Should I look straight ahead? You know, and it's just like, 
man, I need to see this again. So yeah, so so I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna check that out over the weekend. I think again, I'll probably give it another watch and and sit back and try and not you know like you said exactly like you say, Toast. I totally agree with you. It's um, it's a don't know really. Wow, Christopher Nolan, you see what he's... We have agreement! Da, 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 da. <laughs> again, again. This is a good one. So, so if right now, if right now you had to give Tenet a rating, if someone like held you down and said, we're not leaving here, Sean, until you give Tenet a rating, what I would you say? Rating. <laughs> um, wow. I, I mean, the rating I'd probably give it now would probably be a high three. Yeah. Um, but I think if I understood it a bit more and sort of, again, it might actually go up a bit. But because there was there was so much going on, I mean, <laughs> you know. So yeah, so I'm going to say a really, really solid high three star. I yeah. would I would give it. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, oh, because the more I think about it, the more the more the sense that, I, and I think I said it last week, it just keeps coming back to me. You have a feeling, and I and I, I put this up on our on our Twitter on the Netflix Cinema Twitter when I put up the tenant the ten, link to the tenant podcast. Uh, as you just have this feeling, like it makes sense, but you're too stupid to understand it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a good feeling when you're in the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm pretty sure it makes sense. Uh, did you understand it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I totally got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What we what we need is we need. We need Sharon to go and see it because Sharon oh. will, will know. She'll know straight away and she'll be able to say, do you know what, what that's all about? Because, you know, so it's good. So we're going to put pressure. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to put pressure on you, Sharon. You need to see this film and let us know. I have to go see it. Okay. Yeah, I'll just ask you first of all, Sharon, what's your background in physics? Especially temporal physics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might have read a science fiction book once. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay cool uh, so yeah that's that's the second go at Tenet as we said this film needs multiple viewing so I'm pretty sure this is not going to be the last time Tenet shows up on this podcast no. we're going to come back and go okay cool <laughs> we've reviewed the first five minutes we understand the first five minutes <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, well I think that that Chadwick Boseman is nine kisses not six kisses that was my fault for turning my letter upside down it's nine kisses nine kisses cool awesome nine Make, kisses okay making cool. a note nine kisses okay so so now that we have we have dealt for a second time or we've attempted to deal for a second time with the conundrum that is tenet we will go back to netflix and friends one last time in this in this episode of the podcast but sean just one thing did you understand why i meant when i said it's like a rubik's cube how there's some people who will watch five minutes and go can we bother with this and throw it away and there's some people who yes, will be like yes. no no this is a mystery i gotta figure it out i gotta figure it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think some people would do that they just look at it as like an action film and think oh yeah it's okay but you know without thinking too much i mean there's some films like this i mean i I don't mind the film. Some people think it's great. Is there, is there a film? Did you ever see Arrival? I it's loved, Arrival, I yeah. loved Arrival. Yeah. One of my yeah, friends that, I mean, actually at church on Sunday, when I asked her what she thought of Tenet, she said it reminded her of Arrival in the fact that it's science fiction you've got to think a little bit about. Yeah. Yeah, but but, but I think Arrival is 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 linear. Arrival is linear yeah. compared to Tenet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do. I, I agree with. I agree with you on that toast. Definitely. I mean, I only needed yeah. to watch Arrival once. I got what was going on. I mean, Tenet is like, oh my god, what are you doing, <laughs> Professor Nolan? So, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so now we go back to Netflix and friends for one final time. And this is something that, Sean, you saw last week, and it's called The Blackout. And the it, Blackout, this, yes. This continues a run that you've had of going and watching films that don't come from the usual filmmaking powerhouses that we're used to. You've been watching a lot of Australian movies. You've been watching some French ones, some French-Canadian things. And this one is also another one that doesn't come from Hollywood or Britain or something like that. Where is, it, where is this one from? This one's from Russia. This one's. This is a Russian movie. This is a Russian science fiction movie. Yep. Um, obviously, a lot of money been poured into this one. I would think a lot of money been poured into this one. And um, so it starts off. You, the film starts off really good. I don't know. Have you, have you ever seen the film Starship Troopers? Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Yes, yeah. Okay. So anyway, so basically, the the, the opening scene is you hear they say. There's something huge coming towards. There's a group of huge, and and all these all the soldiers get called out, and they just point their they're all pointing their guns, and then it goes to another part, like 25, 24 days before. So you, you don't really see you don't really see what's coming out of the woods just at the moment. It, and then the sort of story builds up, and there's a, a little bit of a romance, you know, and someone saying. Um, so it's it's a dubbed film, and I have to say it's dubbed really really well. So. You get this little prologue, and then it ends up that the the whole world loses all electricity. It's all like blacked out. No one really knows what's going on except this little part of eastern Eastern Europe, a little part of Russia and Belarus, and and like so. But everything else is totally blacked out. There's nothing. They can't. No communication. Nothing. Um, so, and they decide they're going to send out patrols. So they send out patrols to to different areas. Yeah. And. Uh, and then and they make these little little outposts, um, and then yeah, it's a it's, it's a really really loads of big action sequences. I mean, basically the, this one group of of soldiers, which are which are in one of these outposts, like just hordes of people come come charging towards them. You know, these are humans. They all come charging towards them, and then it it's uh, anyway. It turns out that there's these these two aliens so it's like a like a battle of uh of of two aliens and there's going to be this alien invasion which you find out later and they've got like this mind control of all the people they can control all the people and they basically yeah. want to they basically want to colonize earth so oh, yeah so yeah so that's you know one of those stories it's um, you make it is it's not a little bit like you know alien versus predator it's like you know whoever wins we lose kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> not that sort of thing they're, they're like because you've got a couple of brothers so you've got a good brother and a bad brother you know so basically it's this it's good and evil light and dark um you know what i mean and so 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 is is it humans versus aliens or is it is it humans versus two lots of aliens no it's it's humans versus humans yeah um but the humans are being controlled by one alien and oh. uh, there's another there's another alien that's trying to stop him a bit like um I don't know. There's those films like uh, Sharon will know this one, Helen in the Pacific, and I think there's a, a later film with Louis Gossett Jr. called Enemy Mine. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen that, where you've got like the, the two, you've got the good and the bad. So you got, um, so it's a bit like that. Um, and uh, so basically, yeah, it's these two aliens, but it's it's a huge film. There's some some really good action sequences. Yep. Um, and what can we say? Uh, the you can imagine because I like to shoot maps, don't I? Really, and yeah. I, w I would say it's very, very similar to Starship Troopers, but on Earth 
with you know hordes of people that to get shot you know what i mean just hordes of people <laughs> to get blown up and shot and, you know with guns big guns and modern guns and all sorts of stuff so is it, is it like is it like a film equivalent of one of those shoot 'em up video games like Halo or something? I think this could possibly be a video game, or I mean, maybe it is a video game. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely in that mold, you know. Definitely yeah, in gotcha. that mold. You know, groups of groups of soldiers, you know, some getting killed, some surviving. What you know, and um, but yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's all right for a Russian film, I think. I mean, I might have to check out some more Russian films. There is mm. one I want to see called White Tiger. But it was the, the dubbing, because it was dub film, I thought, oh, because sometimes dubbing doesn't work, doesn't it? But yeah, it, yeah. Works really, it works really well in this. And um, Did you see this on yeah, Netflix sorry, or on something else? No, this was Amazon. This was Amazon. Amazon. Okay, Amazon yeah, this Prime. was okay. Amazon, this one. Yeah. So um, um, it's, uh, what can we say? Yeah, the action sequences quite good. I don't think there was anything really, really new in it as such. Um, I yep. suppose they were trying to be. And when when it come to the sort of aliens, the, the brothers facing off uh, was a bit. I was a thought, mm, you know, that was a, so. So yeah, it was. Uh, it's my normal standard fare. It sort of started off. Oh yeah, this is going to be good. You know, lots of action, lots of shooting, lots of. Yep. So lots of. Yeah, video game sort of stuff, and then and I guess the 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 final, you know, with the with the individual, what I call the individual, it used to be like kung fu movies, you know, you'd have someone fighting loads of people, and then there's like a big big battle between just the two at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That that type of thing. So you you have the one off, and uh, yeah, so decent action film, decent action film, not too not too hard to follow. You know, there's, there's very similar, <laughs> you know, you don't have to like, it's not like, oh, let me, it's not like Tenant, you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, exactly. wow, what did that, what, exactly. what It's like, you know, the, the, the way you that, said yeah. it, you said, <laughs> when, when, when part of your review of a film is, it's not too hard to follow. You can just tell, you, you can tell that you watch that film in the same week you watch Tenant. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where, where, yeah. where, where you're like after watching Ted this was kind of like okay my, my head needs to cool down it's overheating brain cool down ah, <laughs> ah that's a salve oh yeah <laughs> alright so how many stars would you give it um, I'd, d- I'd just give it a three I'd give this one a three as well so All this, right. this could be a three but but you know not a bad not a bad film for a Russian movie and I think they must have thrown loads of money at it so, so well, yeah yeah, it it is one of those things that you find like there's a whole bunch of different places like places that had films that for ages would have been derided. Like you know how if a film had come out of China, or like you know if probably even a a decade or two ago, oh mm. people would have been looked down their nose at it. And I feel like now people are beginning to up their game, which is what which is what I am also saying is happening in the Nigerian film industry in Nollywood. Up in its game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, that's good. Yeah. Actually it's one thing I was gonna say, which another thing I did watch, which was on it was on iPlayer and it was about the Australian cinema. And it was, oh, yeah. it was all about the Australian cinema. Really, really and it's on iPlayer. Um so and I watched that that was I, I forgot I watched that one. But yeah it was just a, like a documentary about the um the you know, Australian cinema, and um, oh, what's his name? Who's the chap who did break him around? I can't remember the new director, Beresford. Oh, Beresford. Um, Bruce Beresford. Bruce yeah, Beresford. yeah you, you, know, you know, like, 
Yeah, yeah, we met him because he was at, at the quiz once, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. yeah. Bruce Beresford, yeah, world, Bruce Beresford. World, renowned, world renowned, I think Oscar nominated. Oscar winning, he was Oscar, Oscar winning for Tender Mercies, wasn't he? Oscar winning director who randomly was one week in on the Isle of Wight in the Sydney world in a quiz sitting right beside us and it happened to be a week I was not there. So... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't recognise him, so it's only when someone else whispered to me, that's Bruce Berries, but I was like, is it? Yeah. <laughs> he's, just, he's gone. <laughs> he's just chilling. He's just sitting down chilling. <laughs> doing a film quiz with us. <laughs> and he didn't win. It wasn't that good, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't um, that good at the film quiz. And it was all about his films. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, but that's that's worth a watch about Australian cinema, you know. Uh, so that, and it goes on. It says the picnic at Hanging Rock really put the. That's when people Australian started cinema looking at Australian map, yeah. cinema. Yeah, because we watched the Nightingale, didn't we? That was Australian, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Nightingale, awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome film. And it is oh, I I I very often like you know I try and I try and keep my nose out of Twitter things because I think that there's just a lot. It's, it's a wor- Twitter is a terrible terrible place to try and have a conversation it, it really is yeah. it's just people shouting at each other and there was somebody shouting, yeah. yeah and the, there was somebody who wrote something about you know the film event horizon yeah so yeah you know in event horizon you've got Lawrence fishburne sam neill and sam neill plays an australian and you know you're supposed to have in this ship you're supposed to have people from a whole bunch of different backgrounds in the yeah. Yeah, or different nationalities in this ship that's going. It's supposed to be like so. Lawrence Fishburne's from America. Sam Neill's supposed yeah, to be from. different flags on their shoulders, haven't they? They've got yeah. their. It's quite prominent that you can see where they're supposed to be representing. Cause it's all right there in eyeline yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah, and apparently, and this is something I didn't know, but somebody put a still of this up on Twitter and was talking about the fact that in that in the flag that because the film is set in twenty forty seven. And the flag that um, Sam Neill has on his shoulder doesn't have the Union Jack on it. It's an Australian flag, but without the Union Jack on it. And instead of the Union Jack, in the place of the Union Jack, it has the Aboriginal, the flag of the Aboriginal nation on it. Because oh, wow, Sam, I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. And, Sam, and Sam Neill apparently demanded that because he felt, he said, that is what the Australian flag should look like in 2047. So, ah. so he, he put that and up all the there. British ca- all the British characters have this, this, this the circle of stars for the European Union. <laughs> oh wow! British characters have it. Oh wow! They jumped the gun earlier on that, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they jumped the gun earlier on that. So and and so obviously with the, with all this kind of stuff, right? And and then somebody started, and then people started complaining, saying, "Oh, why will they have the Aboriginal thing? Why shouldn't they have the Union Jack thing on it? Like, why should an Australian have an Aboriginal flag on it?" And I was like, "What the?" What the heck do you mean? What, what are you complaining? And then somebody was saying, actually, to to be honest with you, if the British hadn't taken over, it should be a Dutch flag because the Dutch would have taken over and then they would have been... And I was like, what? And I actually had to comment on it. <laughs> like, I had to comment on it. Like, I had to, I had to just go from the Netflix of a cinema account. I had to be like, how about a world in which no country feels the right to go over and take over another country and try and wipe out its population? <laughs> I was like, how about that? But because the guy, this guy seemed to be saying, he seemed to be saying, well, if it wasn't going to be the British, somebody else would have taken over. Like the, the people yeah. who were there before, they, it didn't matter about them. They, they didn't have any agency. They didn't have any sovereignty. Like, you know, yeah, it would either have been British or Dutch or it would have been some European country would have taken over. And I'm like, oh, I want to punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I feel like I feel like that sort of that sort of anger. You feel about like they that. don't know their own history very well, then, because when you look at our own history as the British Arms, it's like okay, we're invaded by the Vikings. By the Normans, by the Romans, by the Saxons, by the Angles, by uh, the Jutes, by the... You, we were invaded every other decade for a thousand years. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's I, I, like, I, you it's... know, you're talking about your own history. You know, you can think about people go about the Cornish, say, yeah, we have our own flag because we weren't invaded by the Romans. Like, That's <laughs> a thousand years ago. <laughs> well, so but, it's like, but... sometimes think you don't know your own history, chum. <laughs> yeah, but it, and it's something that has been, and and I'm sorry that all of a sudden we seem to have gotten a bit. I don't know whether I don't know if this political or philosophical. I don't know what this is, but <laughs> but, but it's something that um like you know has been going. Well, you know the whole thing of like those who don't know their own history are bound to repeat it, and I think and like like what you're talking about there, like if people don't know their own history, and so if you don't know the history that like you've been invaded, you just go invade someone else because you don't you don't think of what how bad it was to be invaded. So the the um one of the good things this is something that came to me like for instance one of the good things that's coming about all the black lives matter stuff that's going on at the moment for me is all these historical stories that are coming out because it's forcing a whole bunch of places to look at their history there's a really good article i'm reading on bbc about oregon oregon in the united states and how this whole black lives matter thing has made people in oregon start start wrestling with the racist part of racist past of Oregon. And that's the thing I love about it that it's coming out. But anyway, all all this to say that I'm going back to Australian movies, going back to The Nightingale, saying that watching The Nightingale made me go, you know what? I'm going to say something about this because The Nightingale is a film uh, that it still rankles with me. I mean, it's still, it, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant film for that. It, it has not left me since I watched it about three weeks ago. So on that note, until next week, when we will talk about... <laughs> Well, we might talk about cheerier things like high score. I'll be talking about high score, a a, a non-offensive, <laughs> a non-offensive documentary series about the history of video games. <laughs> Until then, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me, and it's a goodbye from me. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye now. Let's hope there's something out, eh? Let's hope. Yeah, let's hope there's something in cinemas. Let's hope there's something in cinemas here. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I've looked and I think, nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that there's nothing new or there's nothing that you would... Is that is that, that there's nothing new whatsoever or is that there's nothing new that you would watch? There's nothing new that I would watch. Okay. Let's well, this a... week, it's all it's a lot of the live that there's like Andre Rea. Oh, let's look at David Attenborough. And you just think, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> why would I want to watch Andre Rea at the cinema? You know. That's it. I mean, oh wow! Not... Oh oh wow! This does not look good. The only things that we have at the cinema close to me is for the next week is Tenet, The New Mutants, Unhinged, and Onward. You're not, gonna, you're not going. You're not going to save you. cinema by doing that. You're not... <laughs> Are you serious about staying in business? I mean, <laughs> honestly. That's oh. mad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>